What's up, friends? The uh, From the Captain's Quarters podcast is brought to you by Apiron Northfields. Brand new website. Got to go and check it out. Apironnorthfields.com. That's A-P-E-I-R-O-N northfields.com. Their complete line of smokables, edibles, tinctures, and topicals. You got to check it all out. You want your CBD products at high quality. That's what they do. Apironnorthfields.com is the website once again. The show is also brought to you by Captain Coop's Beard Company. For your beard products, keep your beard badass at CaptainCoops.com. Also, for all of our CBD body products, whether it's body butter, body lotion, or our ink balm for all you tattooed freaks out there like myself, and everybody's favorite, our Tortuga personal lubricant. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. CaptainCoops.com. Use the promo code PODCAST at checkout and get 10% off your first order captaincoops.com It's another one of those stories that starts out this one night in Nashville and it all kind of, it, it all seems to I don't know, some sort of weird gravitational pull about Old Red uh, because uh, Andrew Bone is on the program today and another fellow that I met uh, our last night in Nashville back in, in January we were out. Uh, if you've uh, if you listen to basically the last three or four podcasts, you've you've kind of heard this story. But uh, Nicole and I are out. Uh, we went to see my buddy uh, Warren Garrett, who was there, and we met uh, Garrett Spear while we were there, and we met Josh Gallagher while we were there, and we met Andrew Bone while we were there. And like it's, I'm I'm so happy with myself that I, rem- I remember meeting everybody. But like the context of the conversation after the credit card got put on the table at Old Red and, and, and that's like the instant key, like every time you set your can down and it goes tink, they just bring you another one. Um, I, I'm glad that uh, Andrew found my card because we had, we had exchanged information and uh, he is on the show now and uh, from Nashville. How you doing, my friend? I'm well. Thank you for having me. You know, it's, it's such a cool town uh, that, you, that you reside in and, and a community that you get to be a part of. And... The fascinating thing for me uh, in, in talking to you is there's there's kind of like a a painted picture of those who moved to Nashville and for what purpose. You know, it's the it's the person that is the front man or the front woman um, who who wants to be uh, be the superstar to be in the in, in the spotlight and to be, become like you know, the next Garth or the next Blake Shelton or the next whomever. And what I realized down there is that it's not just, you know, the singers and the songwriters there, the amount of talented musicians that that are in Nashville and how important they are to the, you know, to the machine that is Nashville. And that's where, kind of where you come in, you know, being a being a drummer and being a producer and being, you know, kind of a, a, an instrumentalist of all of all shapes and sizes. Like what was the draw for you because you're a Kansas City guy like what did, what was the draw for you that was like that that rang the bell for Nashville to be the place that you decided to make uh, make your move to uh, well it was an, honestly a choice between New York Los Angeles or Nashville uh, I love New York uh, I'm not one of those I could I love New York but I could never live there no I could totally live there tomorrow but um it was New York, LA, or Nashville, and Nashville was closer and cheaper, really. And I didn't know anything about country music, uh, but it, it, I am so grateful I ended up here because you used the word community just a second ago, and it is honestly a community. I couldn't even tell you just the drummer 
circle of friends that I have on a group chat every week is insane. And so I'm so I'm very grateful for that. Um, but that is why Nashville, because it was cheap. Hmm. But I wanted to be a rock star when I was a kid. Hmm. And I am one of the few people I've ever met that kind of knew when I was really young, like, oh, yeah, I want to just I want to be in Kiss. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh like so by uh age 15 like I kind of already knew what the rest of my life was gonna be roughly and it's obviously been nothing like that but I didn't have to go I don't know what I want to do with my life at any point in my life I always knew this is what I wanted to do so that's that and I ended up in Nashville and I am so grateful because I have such a great community of friends mm -hmm. and I have gained an appreciation for a style of music, an entire slice of American musical heritage that I'd never had any introduction to prior. Yeah. And I have grown to appreciate so much. So I'm, I'm so glad I'm here. Well, I want to take you back to the to being 15 a little bit because I think that's a very interesting uh, to to be at that age because I slightly remember 15, a few <laughs> slices bits and pieces of you know of being 15 you know on that that cusp of getting your driver's license and the freedom that that comes along with almost that that transitional age where you you're you're a kid. But you're, you're dabbling in this this world of adulthood, and this world of freedom, where you, you get your license and then you start to be able to explore more, get outside of your you know your three or four block radius where you live. But mm -hmm. to be, be be at that age, and maybe it hasn't gone according to fifteen year old dream design, you know, taking over, uh, you know, the kit for uh, for Kiss. But to at least have a the the forward thinking to have a, an idea of this is an avenue that I. I'd like kids like a lot of stuff. I thought I was going to, you know, go play at Notre Dame. You know, I was going to play, you know, college football at Notre Dame because I'm Irish. And there's really no correlation there, by the way. My grandma <laughs> was like, yeah, yeah, go, yeah, go to Notre Dame. They're all Irish there. But, you know, you, you have kind of these, not, not pipe dreams, but uh, oh, I want to be a, a firefighter. But a lot of the times you're just kind of trying to figure out life. You're, you're still learning how to talk to girls. And you're, you're like, ah. but do, what is it like being 15? Like, what is your, the, the surroundings around you with like your friend group when you're like, no, like this is, this is my jam and this is what I'm going to pursue. Uh, well, I mean, I was starting a really crappy rock band. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> I still talk to those guys. They're all friends of mine. I have the posters up in my studio um, still from that time, but I didn't think about it that much. Mm -hmm. Like it was just so inevitable that there really wasn't an alternative. Like the guy, all of the guys in that band I'm still friends with, I talk to occasionally, but like we were doing shows that I booked because I wanted to make it happen before we had driver's license hmm. or driver's licenses. Um, but we, that, that was just inevitable. And they would all say back then, 
like, this is fun, but Andrew's going to do this forever. And it had nothing to do with me being any better than they are um at their respective instruments it's just i didn't i just kind of had that drive and just wanted to so yeah i mean that's those were my peer groups and i was into super nerdy stuff as well but um it it was always yeah i'm just gonna go play drums I don't know how, but I'm just going to go. <laughs> did, forever, did, so. were, were there were there drummers that you you mimicked or, or, or specific you know styles that you look up to? Obviously, you mentioned Kiss. You know, were there like because yeah. obviously there's there's a, across the board a million different styles of drumming. You know, yeah, you can make make it sound the same sometimes, but different looks, different feels. Were there were there a handful of select drummers that you were like, yeah, I like I like I like the way he does that or like the way she does that. Oh yeah, I was super into metal, like mm-hmm. I still am. Uh, so like Slipknot, Joey Jordison, mm-hmm. rest in peace. Yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, I loved Disturbed and Lincoln Park and all of these guys that are kind of on the softer side and then really progressed into like really brutal metal stuff. And uh, so I loved all of that. I mean, I was really into fast and double kick and thrashy stuff but i also i mean i was in academia uh scholastically i was in you know the marching band and the jazz band in school so i had access to all of that and i did come up that way and i am i am very very grateful for that but um yeah i was coming home and just trying to play the most complicated stuff i could play as fast as i could play it like anybody else yeah and i also I would have been a teenager around that age in the first handful of years of YouTube, Hmm. like right at that age, it just lined up. So like, I remember discovering music videos for bands that I liked. Like I discovered my first Slipknot song via music video on, I think AOL, music player or something like that it wasn't aim or anything like that it was just like it was pre-youtube it was the precursor of youtube and but it like changed my world and uh so and i just you know it's funny i'm i'm 30 and i just went i flew myself to iowa to go see slipknot this past september amazing yeah like i was sober and like the entire band is sober mm-hmm. and it was still just unbelievable and so it's still it, it, it uh it's funny after all these years but uh they're still great so i enjoyed it yeah i mean i i've seen slipknot a couple times uh live and 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 real close up you know from side stage to uh to being real, real up front i mean there is <sighs> It's it's tough to and and nobody maybe can in but my brain tries to find a way to to make mm-hmm. correlating patterns between uh, between different genres of music. You know, Slipknot almost exists in its own in its own world because they're they're metal, but you know, there's so many different elements of it. I mean, who has you know how many bands are like, oh yeah, let, put the guy with the kegs, uh, put him yeah. put him on a lift and, and let him just bang shit against against a keg, but. It, it feels like there is that country music has evolved from 
the drummer being kind of you know, just the pacekeeper. Uh, very mm-hmm. soft, not flash, um, you know, Charlie Watts-esque, you know, mm-hmm. type of type of drumming to to now I feel like you do have more there is more show, there is more of that double kick, there is more of of a, of the larger kits, you know, set up on the stage where where that you know maybe wasn't the case. Uh, obviously, not in a, in country music's infancy when it was and western, uh, but even yeah. through the '80s and into you know the '90s, maybe started that escalation. But it seems like as of late, as country has has become more open to uh, to introducing itself to different genres, whether that is more of a heavy, uh, more pounding you know baseline and drums. But there's hip hop elements in it now. There's all these different things where Slipknot kind of has that too, and they've kind of had that for their entire existence. Is there's just there's dabs of a whole lot of different things that are kind of all melted into one. And you know, minus the masks. I mean, I'm not saying they're going on tour. <laughs> you know, they're they're not going to be at Stagecoach this weekend. But you know, there's uh, there's it's just the evolution of of country music. I think maybe I'm I'm not speaking for you, but maybe has lended itself more to to this being more palatable as like i don't have to just you know for for the whole for the whole set well there there are i mean there are two parts to that there's a beauty in that simplicity Hmm. um and i i don't get asked to do a lot of that anymore i did a couple of years ago to where i was doing gigs with singers that were doing really classic repertoire Hmm. um and it's like songs I wouldn't even know, but it would be like, hey, man, Wayland Disco, this is the tempo. And I knew what a Wayland Disco was and that sort of thing. And there's just a very, and you know, there's going to be a pause at the end of the verse or the end of the chorus or a stop. Like it's just inherent kind of in the style. Mm-hmm. And there's art to all of that. And I'm really grateful that I got to do that. I love kind of flexing that muscle when I get to do that. But then, like what Morgan Wallen and Hardy are doing right now in country music is balls to the wall, yeah. rock and roll, basically. And so you right now, the trend is either that or super hip hop or super pop, mm-hmm. you know, you know, um, and I, I don't disparage either. I mean, I just happen to be a fan of like, well, I mean, if Jerry Rowe is the drummer that actually plays on all those records for Hardy and Wallen and everything that Big Loud Records does. Um, but I'm like, if that's where it's going, fantastic. And so Josh is doing a lot of that. Yeah. And uh, you met Josh and you saw the show that we did. And uh, it's it's heavy. Yeah. And um, I just played on two songs on Josh's upcoming record. I don't even know when it's coming out. Um, but they're double kicked on both songs. And it, like, that wasn't even my idea. It yeah. was like, do we want to go here? And he said, yeah, let's go here. I'm like, right, well then let's go. Do you, so it does, it does come full circle in, in a way. That's cool though. And, and I think, you know, and, and congratulations, Josh, uh, just had the baby, uh, was a couple, yeah. uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so congratulations to them. I know that always adds a, yeah. a, a fun element into, uh, <laughs> into life and, uh, and, and experience, but you know, it's, there's so much, it, it feels like there's freedom 
and, and especially with a guy like Josh, who I, I think, you know, in having a conversation with him, really is like, I want to I want to make the music that I want to make. I want it mm-hmm. to sound the way I want it to sound. I want it to have the attitude that that it has. So I imagine for you to 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 find a guy, to find a great friend and, and also fellow musician who really has an understanding of where he his wheelhouse is. And it also happens to be something that you're like, well, you know, this is I'll play everything. You know, I'll play what I, what needs to be played. But it's really super cool that I get to, uh, you know, to kind of dabble in this this heavier element, even though obviously contextually speaking, it's not it's not quite Slipknot, but it's you know it's jamming, man. It's heavy. It's it it is, I, and I'm and I'm grateful. Um, it is being a sideman, and especially for as long as I've been doing this, I've been in Nashville for 10 years, mm. making a living doing this. And there are guys who've been doing it for, you know, 20, 40 years longer than me that are laughing at me. But um, I've been here long enough. Like last, I think it was last weekend, I went out with a kid that was 23. We went and we did a couple of shows down in Georgia. And this kid was 23, but sounded like Waylon. Mm. And had classic country songs and just great beautiful and we were driving home after the shows coming back to nashville he's like hey man um my girlfriend is a pop singer um you know anything about that world i'm like yeah what's going on and she kind of needs a drummer next week and so i'm like literally doing really traditional country into radio pop wow in a week's time but and all of that's fun but um you said something about uh josh being a friend and that is that is the thing i tell people because josh isn't the biggest name in country music right now Mm -hmm. fine but he's my neighbor and he's been one of my best friends for like five or six years and he would yell at me for saying something like that he would probably tell me i'm being dumb (laughs) that's how he shows affection yes but like he he does ask me he's like hey man can you come watch the kid for a second and you know hey man can i stop by and borrow the lawnmower and all that (laughs) you know that sort of thing (laughs) um so we're we're genuine friends and for that to be my in air quotes boss you know that's I, I couldn't ask for more. I mean, like, and the, musically, I can do pretty much whatever I want. And it's me, it leans towards the heavier side anyway. So, like, this is as close in my adult life. Uh, this is as close to that, you know, 15-year-old dream as I could have gotten. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm in that band. Like, I, and I'm, I don't have to be famous which is great because I have no <laughs> desire to be famous. Um, but I can, I can musically do pretty much exactly what I always wanted to do. It can, you know, I can pay my mortgage mm. and it's with some of my very best friends in the world. And so I am super grateful. You talk about not wanting to be, uh, you know, to be famous, but mm-hmm. what is, Having talked to a lot of uh, a lot of lead singers uh, on this show and just in general over twenty years in radio, because uh, they're always the ones that you know that the 
the, the label guy or the or the manager is like, oh, I mean, you got to make sure you talk to, to so and so. That's you know, that's the, the face of the of, of the band. But from your seat, from your perspective, like how much their studio, you know, obviously there's playing shows in front of audiences of all sizes. Like where where do you feel like the most alive? Or, or is it both? I mean, obviously it can be both. You know, if you're in a studio producing something or, you know, if you're in a studio laying down tracks for something or you're behind the kit in front of a, a great crowd and there's just a lot of energy, like where do you feel like, man, this is this is where, you know, yeah, I'm paying my mortgage, but, I mean, you know, nothing yeah. about this sucks. Uh, so in the studio and, like, every, all all side musicians kind of, in the back of their minds go, oh, yeah, I'd love to get into studio work someday. Like it's this binary switch, like you stop doing shows and then all you do is show up at a recording studio every day. Yeah. That's no longer the case with the way the industry is. Yeah. Um, but I, I have recently had this massive uptick in studio work, whether I've just been playing drums for other people or um, producing stuff myself, which is uh, an aspiration of mine. I, I really want to contribute more to to the music than just banging on stuff. Mm -hmm. But so that's great. That is to answer your question. That is a super great feeling to make the producer happy, to make the artist happy. If you're producing something yourself, and that, that moment of like, whoa, that's better than I thought it could be. That's a beautiful feeling. Mm -hmm. However, I got into the, I make no bones about it, no pun intended, uh, to be, I got into this business to be a rock star. Mm -hmm. So the, I, yeah, if you put a couple thousand people in front of me and I get to go bang on stuff, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's why I'm in this business. The rest is fun and great and massively fulfilling, but, you know, the lights go down on the stage and the crowd starts to scream. Um, yeah. Even if I'm not the guy on the front of the stage, don't care. <laughs> so you mentioned uh, a little earlier about about kind of the, the the network of drummers that you you converse with and you and you talk to on a regular basis down there. Like, what are those mm -hmm. conversations like? Um, you know, is there a lot, is there idea bouncing? Like, like when you have a, a normal conversation with somebody who's who's kind of you know fitting that same position that that you're in right now. Like, what do you guys talk about? Is is it there, is there a you know tips and tricks or you know oh you know play this venue you know watch watch the side of the stage on this venue like what are those conversations like when you talk to other other drummers down there or well we're usually just making jokes at each other's expense but uh <laughs> fair enough uh, makes sense as as all group chats amongst dudes go yeah. uh but it, it really is more poking fun and kind of um, sharing and uh, man, I was here and I was at this venue and everything was broken and I just had to deal with it. And then it's 10 other guys going, yeah, I've been there too. And everything was broken and we just kind of had to deal with it. Rarely do, uh, rarely do I get together anymore and talk about, you know, uh, tips and tricks mm -hmm. on success. Now we're just like, what are you doing? I'm doing this. You got any free time? No, me neither. <laughs> All right, great. And uh, uh, that's that's fantastic. Occasionally, I will will we will talk about like the state of the industry. 
And that's very interesting, you know, with, okay, this person has 4 million people watching their TikToks and they're opening for Blake Shelton. Just, I'm just making this up, but like, okay, they're opening for Blake Shelton at this massive amphitheater and they had 4 million people watch their last TikTok video. Um, but they're going to pay you like a hundred dollars to show up and do everything, which is just the peanuts. Yeah. And what do we do? You know, and do you take it for exposure bucks or, you know, what do you do? And so there's a lot of that right now, especially since, you know, they're all peers of mine. So they're all, we're all 28 to 35, you know, Mm -hmm. somewhere in there. So in you you're we're no longer you know 22 year olds 23 year olds trying to make a living now some of us have families and you know all of us have mortgages and stuff you know so it's a very interesting thing so that's that's what a lot of that looks like and just poking fun at each other at the same time how much is that you mentioned tiktok and uh and and before i alluded to you know pre-youtube uh uh, educational, you know, music video sessions uh, back in the day. How much has that, uh, just in your time, you know, in the industry, uh, altered the way I don't want to say business is done, but may, but kind of. I mean, as you mentioned, you know, someone gets discovered, uh, you know, on a fifteen to thirty second TikTok video, and, and next thing you know, here they are plunged in the front of, uh, in the front of you know the Blake Shelton's you know P one fan base out there. Um, you know there is there's a great element of discovery which i which i think is fantastic that you you do have this this avenue uh for for undiscovered talent whether that's a singer whether it's a drummer whether it's you know whatever somebody a, a magician but it, it mm-hmm. it's weird cuz i feel like you're a guy who kind of you know made the move you know did the grind you know did the cutting your teeth thing you know the, the old school ish way of doing it where this avenue seems like there can be a real fast track to you know, to some level of success without that grind and maybe without that needed experience, like your perspective on how, how social media uh, ha- has altered the way that even a guy like, you know, a guy like you, you know, kind of functions in a society down in Nashville. Well, I mean, I, I can start by saying I have Instagram and I do my very, very best to stay off of it as much as possible. <laughs> I'll still post and all of that. Right. And I, I'm, a, I'm as addicted as anybody else. Don't mm. get me wrong. I'm not preaching. Um, but I have no other social media. Like, I no TikTok, no Facebook, no, I, I mean, I watch YouTube like crazy, but, um, you know, I don't post, I don't make YouTube videos. Um, I don't make content as a rule. So I am you know, you're asking me and I I run the risk of sounding really strongly opinionated about it. Um, But uh, it's, it's fascinating. I, I, as a rule, don't make content. Mm -hmm. I try to, I try to do cool stuff. And if there's a picture or video of it, great. But um, that is my method of doing things. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't have to be. Uh, there's a guy on TikTok that uh, I don't know his name. I don't care. I recognize him. Um, but he plays. Uh, he takes you know ten dollar Goodwill drum kits, 
lights them on fire, dumps paint on them and confetti and stuff. Million couple couple million people watch every one of his TikToks. Hmm. And I go, why? <laughs> I I would rather, I would rather, you know, because what happens when TikTok goes away? Like, what does that guy do? Like, I'm in this forever. So I'm I'm kind of more focused on uh being a nice guy and being really good at what i do um and i will never be the greatest drummer i will never move the needle on on great drumming and that was never an aspiration yeah you just got into it to be a rock star but Mm -hmm. um with with social media it's very interesting um i i have to be careful how i say this but um (laughs) phraseology i believe it's called phraseology yeah yeah, i like that yeah (laughs) um i had uh a the editor-in-chief of one of the predominant drum publications out there introduce me to the artist and repertoire person for uh a major drum company that is headquartered in Nashville. Hmm. Now, I already knew these people um, personally, um, but this editor introduced me to these people and said, I just saw Andrew play, coincidentally, it was with Josh. Hmm. Um, He's like, just watched him on the main stage of wherever we were. Why is he not with this company? Uh, Why is he not an endorsed artist with you guys? And I did not know this was happening. I did not ask him to do this. This just kind of jumped out of nowhere. Yeah. And I went, ah, that was the professional equivalent of being in a bar and, hey, man, my friend over there thinks you're really cute. He wants to talk to you. <laughs> I was just like, I was paralyzed. Um, but the, he said that. And uh, this A&R person who I know personally, um, he very politely said, well, um, Andrew's not quite a big shot yet, um, but when he is, we'll be ready for him. And that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. That was very polite. I completely understand. I wasn't asking for anything. Um, but I've been doing this professionally for 10 years. And this company has signed three or four people in the past quarter that professionally make YouTube videos. And so to answer your question, there's that avenue, Yeah, you know, it's to, for me, it's just about the game you want to play. If you want to sit in a room with lights and cameras and play drums or play whatever instrument and create content, there's clearly an avenue for success there. If that's, I just am not personally interested in that. Yeah. So, um, and and I try not to be disparaging about it. I can I can sound like a grumpy old man sometimes, <laughs> but I try not to be disparaging about it. I, John John Mayer actually just said in an interview a couple weeks ago. He's like, I don't want to play the TikTok game. He's like, there's nothing wrong with it. I just I'm going to choose to sit this one out because I don't think I'm good at it. And I don't want to make a bunch of TikToks to promote a record because somebody says I have to. He's like, I'm not really good at it. I don't want to whatever the thing is that comes after TikTok, i'll jump back in i'm like great fantastic um like again i i 
I bought, I have a recording studio in my, in my home where I, I do work and, and I play drums on Josh's new record in my house. Like it's beautiful that the technology and I bought new drum microphones and I had a picture of the two, the old drum microphones for the studio, and the new drum microphones for the studio and the conventional wisdom or the, but not conventional, but contemporary wisdom would say, make a video, mm-hmm. make a video doing an AB comparison and put it on YouTube or put it on TikTok. And I'm like, I just, I don't care. Like <laughs> I bought new microphones. I'm going to use the new ones because right. that's why I bought them. I don't need to create this stuff that's disposable. I don't need to make this content. So I just try and do cool stuff and hope people pay attention. And it seems to be working so far. So no, I think that maybe there's, I, it's no. there is still. I think both avenues are still viable, and that's a good thing. Um, yeah, in, I agree. Not being an advocate for either one necessarily in 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 my jobs other jobs whatever between mm-hmm. marketing for an off-road company and having a beard company there there does have to be a level of uh, uh of lifestyle branding that we do but I, I i recall a conversation we were down in moab utah for easter jeep safari uh just a couple of weeks ago and we're at this really cool place it's like it's it's called grandpa's garage it's like not like oh right it's it's the guy that's like lived in moab for for a thousand years because he's like a thousand years old, but just kind of over the course of time became this place where if you're, if you're, if your shit broke down, like you took it to grandpa's, you could use his tools. And, and then it, like a couple decades ago, become this like underground place where Jeep or Terraflex, you know, the, the major brands would be like, Oh yeah, yeah. We're, we're going to sponsor an, a night here at grandpa's garage. Cause there's a, a to do every night down there. So we're, we're at Grandpa's garage, and we're just kind of mingling with some of uh, you know some of our brand partners and, and, and other Jeep enthusiasts while we're down there. And a, a major intricate player in the off-road automotive industry. This is again phraseology. Yeah, phraseology. phraseology. <laughs> um, we're, we're in a conversation with him and a couple uh, guys that are just starting a light company and guys that have like you know suspension companies. We're just kind of like listening to him. He's like the old wise man. And he was like, people come up to me and ask me for product or endorsement or a story. And the thing that this new generation of of off-road enthusiasts will always bring up is I have 25,000 followers on Instagram. I have a million and a half followers on TikTok. And here is a man who has an incredible amount of influence in this industry, like to the point he calls whoever and just like things happen or don't happen. And he said explicitly, I don't give a shit how many followers you have. He's like, if I know that you can go out and you're going to take my product or you're going to take, you know, a client's product and you're going to actually go and live this, you're going to go and put this to the test you are the person I want. If you are coming at me with your influencer numbers and uh, it, here, here are the other people that give me free shit and here's 
my vehicle. Here's the toy hauler that we haul it in. Here's my camera crew that comes with me. Here's the sprinter van that follows that camera crew. He's like, he's like, I may be old school, but I'm still the principal. And so I, I liken it to there still being avenues to to success in industries that doesn't involve having to have millions of followers on on Instagram. Is it nice? Yes. For my brand, for my company, it would be fantastic if we had something that hit and we had 3.5 million views, but not because I want to be somebody who puts together TikTok videos all the time, because I hope that then exposes my brand, product, uh, whatever, to more people. Because I, I, I want you know that exposure. But that's not my life. You know, it's not, man, I, I can't imagine spending as much time. I mean, I, I, I do put together some TikToks and I do put together some, you know, some real sure. stuff. But if that shit takes me longer than like 10 minutes, like I'm done. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I wonder how they do the squiggly squiggly with the thingy thingy. And where's the pretty girls that dance in the background? Do you have to pay them or is it you just give them some monster and they're like, and they're there? Like, I don't understand. But it's all about. It's all about knowing that there's there's more than this new fancy way, the new shiny object of like, if you can get this many followers, you can get this many people to view your thing, then you have this all access pass, the golden buzzer to get whatever you want. Like, I still think there's there's a value to just going out and living it and experience it and, and cutting your teeth on on whatever it is that you happen to be passionate about. I completely, completely agree. There, there is absolute merit, and I completely understand, you know, the previously not aforementioned drum company uh, passing, and I completely understand why somebody with a million followers sells a lot of drums. I get it. I totally get it. Like, why, why would you give me drums at a significant discount? when I don't have the power to sell drums at full price mm -hmm. in a store with my name recognition. Right. Totally understand, completely understand. Just not the world I'm in. Like I still play those drums. I still own, I think five kits that they make. They, I tour with them. It's, it's fine. It's a non-issue if, if, it got to a point where I were, you know, a little more um, on the level they were looking. Like I'm, I'm flying to Florida in two weeks, hmm. and because I'm flying, there are going to be drums there. I'm at the mercy of whatever the production company rents for me, and I sent them, of course, what I would like. But if I were with a company, I would have a little bit more pull to call somebody at the company and say, what do you just have sitting around in a storage shed or what's sitting in a music store that isn't selling that you can just bring there for me? And that's where, that's where that comes in handy. But um, to the point of your story of, of grandpa's grot, grandpa doesn't care about how many followers you have and doesn't have to because he has established himself as being really, really good at what he does. Mm. And I am trying. I mean, it's, I'm not super young anymore, <laughs> but uh, I'm still very young. I just, 
I, I had uh, coffee and a chat with a friend of mine that's a drummer and 20 years my senior and been doing this forever and we were laughing because I was realizing like I know I'm kind of complaining about this that or the other thing and I'm sure you were complaining about the same thing 20 years ago I guess yep hmm. it's a li little different now it's but it's the same thing but um yeah I'm I'm very interested and in, I'm going to do this forever um so um I don't I don't mind creating content I certainly don't mind sharing something um like I I had a record I think, honestly, I think this is the first full length record I've ever produced. Mm. And I produced, played drums on it, sang all the harmonies, engineered, mixed the whole thing. I did everything for this record. And it took years because the singer just sat on it forever. And it's not a commercial thing. Like, I don't even have to plug it. Um, because yes, this was something that he's a friend and he, uh, I, well, I mean, I can say his, his name is Heath Deloach and he was a songwriter in Nashville, great friend of mine. At a certain point, he had to move back to South Georgia to be a better provider for his family. Hmm. I, I love him to death for that. Um, but before he left, he came and recorded these songs and then they just sat for a while and they he finally released it a couple of weeks ago so it's out and i'm so happy for it it'll never be a commercial success don't care i'm very very proud of that work mm -hmm. and i am still aware though that like oh i spent like a couple of years working on this at this point and posted about it and shared about it i'm like oh those numbers are not what i want them to be for all this work so right. don't get me wrong i'm I'm, uh, I'm, I'm aware. I'm self-aware of that. <laughs> Sometimes it's, I get, you know, we all get the dopamine when we see, oh, so many people liked your post, whatever, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm, uh, but I, I don't want to be thinking about it too much. Um, just like you, I mean, you, I aspire to just be going off the grid and every once in a while, take a picture. And I love that. Good for you. Man. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, uh, it, it took me, many years of, uh, of living in kind of a, in a, in a world where I thought that everything had to be, uh, I, I needed to always be connected, needed to always have, uh, you know, a Wi-Fi connection or, or a cellular signal or, you know, what am I going to, what will I do with my thumb if it doesn't do it? If it just, it says not able to connect, like I like really had, which I imagine a lot of people do and probably to the point where they don't even realize they have it because there is always, a Wi-Fi signal. There's always a cell signal where they mm -hmm. are. You know, I think experiencing, uh, experiencing not just that moment of being completely off the grid, uh, self reliant on on the equipment that you have, uh, the people that you have around you, uh, and 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 not the uh, modern amenities of I don't know, like working toilets or uh, air conditioning, mm -hmm. or or heat if you needed that. But there's there's also something about seeing a lot of the things that, that this country has to offer that nobody talks about, you know, that, yeah. that, that seemed to go like we did a trip back in, uh, in August of last year 
uh, in these old old Willys Jeeps. Uh, it's called Epic Willys Adventure, uh, like 40s and 50s Jeeps, you know, drivetrain custom to the, you know, nothing's modernized. There's no, oh, we threw an air conditioner in this and, uh, you know, some real fancy suspension and, and an exhaust system, you know, but real old school shit. Again, a lot of off the grid <clears throat> stuff, no highways, no GPS, no nothing. Camping out along the side of the road or, or on, you know, BLM land out west and you know, you, you get to experience, like, the first time I went to Idaho, I was mm-hmm. like, Idaho is beautiful. Like, it's amazingly beautiful. I, like, I didn't see a potato anywhere. <laughs> like, I, I yeah. figure, like, you know, we crossed the line, you know, come out of Wyoming, out of the mountains, and we're like, oh, I'm like, oh, there's just going to be, like, it's just, it's a beautiful part of the country. You know, obviously, it's very rural. There's a lot of farmland, but just some amazing topography and uh, and the, the rivers. And it's, it's this beautiful place. Same thing with Utah. I'd never been to Utah before. I was like, oh, Utah, Mormons, you know? Huh. Right. But no, I mean, I didn't see what. I probably did. But <laughs> but to, to get a chance to experience and uh, to, to see different parts of the country that, you know, they are the flyover states. I mean, we, you know, technically Nashville is a flyover state. You know, Wisconsin is definitely a flyover state. But there's sure. so much there's so much space and openness that I think when you experience those things and you do get to, to to capture some moments and capture some scenery and and when you're doing cool shit you get a chance to take pictures of it like that's something where it's it's more about trying to tell a story about things that that people don't necessarily get a chance to experience like wow that's like that's really cool you should go and and try to live that you know I liken it as I think I mentioned to you in the open is is to those who like you wanted to be a rock star. You wanted to be a drummer. You wanted to like do these things and you, mm-hmm. you pursued it. I'm sure there were obstacles. I'm sure, you know, nothing ever turns out exactly the way you plan it, especially when you, you know, start planning it at age 15. But right. you're just like, man, you know, you, when you get out into pu- the public and you get to see people who just, man, like they're, they're just miserable, you know, they're, they're getting up and yeah. they're, they're going to a job that they hate and then you, they get home and you wonder why you're fucking drinking a 30 rack every night and you're living for the weekends and, and the weekends are the same damn thing. And like, and I say that because I was living that. I was like, oh, like even in radio after, after 19, 20 years, I'm like, it's super cool. But oh my God, it's just, it's the same thing. But when you are, you finally find your passion and you, you know, we're lucky enough to know at a young age, like this is the direction I want to go. When you find that and you just, man, you just want to tell people like, man, yeah. you know, I was, I was 40 or 39 when I got let go from radio and reestablished like this, this, this newfound love of, of travel and of experience and of, you know, real, you know, being present in the moment and stuff. And you just want to tell people, and I think social media gives you that opportunity to do so and not trying to do it in a, Hey, look at me way, but like, Hey, look at this. Like, yeah. man, oh, it's I'm, so cool. I'm super grateful. I mean, I, I just got a Dropbox full of uh, photos from a show we did a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, that's cool. Of yeah. course I'm going to post that. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm absolutely, absolutely grateful. And my, and like, my dad's an accountant. My dad didn't want to be an accountant. Hmm. Uh, you know, but uh, here I am. So he had to get a big boy job. You know, and um, like in in that same breath, like my 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 parents are young and still in great shape, and it's always been a thing, uh, a dream of his to do. He's like, I want to hike down 
and camp at the basin of the Grand Canyon. Hmm. I'm like, well, then let's go. Um, and let's just do it. And you're damn right I'm going to take pictures while I'm doing that. Yeah. And I got no problem with that. So I, I am not, I don't want to talk, I don't want to sound cynical about social media. Yeah. Totally. I use it as much as anybody else. I just, I don't want to live for it. I do, I do want to live and, and, and I don't want it to be the basis of my worth as a professional or as an artist. And you're the same way. Like you do social media because you have things to market and there's nothing wrong with marketing that you do that prior to social media anyway, mm -hmm. you know, and that's what all these drum magazines or cheat magazines or, you know, any of that prior to social media is just the same thing. Yeah. We just have it more directly um, now. So I don't, I don't have an issue with that, but uh, again, I was listening to your podcast with uh, Drew, the Derm dude. Mm -hmm. He, when he was talking about his products, he's like, oh, yeah, I could totally use a catchphrase or do this type of marketing, you know, and he was not naming names, but totally poking fun at uh, uh, Old Spice. It's fair. Yeah. They have an amazing marketing campaign. There's And there's nothing wrong with their marketing campaign. And there's nothing wrong with having an amazing marketing campaign. Um, and but I really, really, really respect like, he's like, yeah, I want to make the best quality product. And I, yes, I will have to market that product. Otherwise no one will buy it because no one will know about it. Yeah. And that's totally true. And you know, this, like this pop gig where the, the guy said, Hey, my girlfriend's a, a pop singer. She goes, cool. What's his Instagram? Not, well, I can just give you his phone number right now. No, 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 no. I got to see like what he looks like right. and check his, in air quotes, <laughs> check his vibes and all of that before. Not, it had nothing to do with whether or not I could play the songs. Hmm. That was kind of an assumed thing. Uh, but, you know, that's, and so that's real. And there's, I don't think there's anything particularly wrong with it. Um, it's, it's just, uh, it's very interesting. Yeah. I, 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 I'm going to do it like, cause, uh, I just changed out, uh, microphones in my studio and not the Tom microphones. I've talked about that earlier, but like I changed out other microphones in my studio, um, that greatly improved the quality of the product that I offer. I'm like, Whoa, this sounds so much better. I am absolutely going to share that to social media. Yeah. Like this is cool. Listen to this. And it is slightly self-promoting, but it's just, sharing like it's just sharing like i i was doing this anyway hmm. and now the product that i offer is is better and so here's a subtle letting everyone know by the way it sounds better yeah but i'm the only one so i'm 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 very interested in where the world goes i mean uh with with social media i i say the same thing uh i don't want to do that like um the drummer for tim mcgraw was famously let go it's nashville lore i don't want to speak ill of him but he was let go after a bunch of years hmm. and it and he was all over social media and it was bad it was cringy and awful and um the 
guy that replaced him does not have social media. Hmm. And so after all that time, if you're Tim McGraw and you need somebody because you're replacing somebody at a very high level, selling out a bunch of tickets, um, you need somebody who's good enough and professional enough and all of that. And it didn't require social media. Yeah. It's actually the same thing with Keith Urban, like, um, Keith's drummer, uh, Chris McHugh voluntarily said, Hey, I'm going to stay home more and work in my recording studio more. And Chris McHugh is one of the most recorded drummers in Nashville. Mm. And so who do you get to replace Chris McHugh? <laughs> like right. those are huge shoes to fill. And, uh, Seth, uh, Seth Roush was taking that chair. Um, he just recently left for the same reason to stay home, but he, like, this is a guy with like nine kids. Seth has a like, super Catholic family and mm. bunch of kids, zero social media, zero, yeah. but just on the basis of his work. And he's amazing. I've seen them play several times and Seth's just unbelievable. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of, and these guys are several, several years older than me, but that's kind of where, like, if I'm ever distracted, like you said, if it takes more than 10 minutes, I don't want to do it. Right. Um, so I, I want to be spending as much of my time improving or just doing my job. Like I, we play a lot of shows in Nashville. We play a lot of shows. Yeah. I, I mean, it's an, it's an ungodly number. And, you know, I, I was, I had to put a fence gate on today, you know, stuff you do when you're, uh, when you have home responsibilities and, you know, I don't even have a family, I have a girlfriend, but like, I don't have a family. And so I couldn't even imagine having to work on a fence gate, be a dad or a husband and answer the phone all day and be making, you yeah, know, making TikTok videos. Yeah. Yeah. I already had too many calls about, Hey man, uh, didn't get your backline request for next week. Oh, sorry. And I didn't send the guy the back line request because he texted me while I was on stage downtown <laughs> on Broadway. And I'm like, Hey man, I'm on stage. Let me call you tomorrow. And then he texted me back like, Hey man, just reminding you. I'm like, sorry, working on a fence. Let me stop what I'm doing. I'll text you right now. <laughs> and like, so I couldn't multiply that by social media. That's all, that's all I'm saying. Like yeah. I'm still on it. And, but you're, you're this, you strike me as the same way. You're, you're about the quality. I've, I've looked up the, the beard stuff. I'm really fascinated by that. Even though I don't have a beard or tattoos, I'm like, well, I could use the CBD oil. Yeah. I'm achy, I'm achy all the time. And the <laughs> CBD lube sounds real fun. I don't know. Yeah. What the uh, CBD offers. Five, I thought that was five funny. star reviews that we'll, uh, we'll talk about. <laughs> we'll talk about those after the show. No, there's absolutely. Um, you know, I think there's 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 something to be said. I want to say about being busy because being busy <laughs> sounds like you're you're not being productive. But <laughs> when you have enough things on your plate. When, when you are not bursting at the seams, like where it becomes an overwhelming thing, when it's just, it's, you're, you feel real good about not only what you're be, being able to be productive wise when it comes to your career or the passion projects that you have, but when you're like, 
it's okay to have time to, to put a gate up or to, you know, my, my 12 year old's having a birthday party this weekend. And so we're like, ah, awesome. we got to like, uh, figure your life out. Like it's no, it's oh, right. we'll have it outside. Oh, it's supposed to rain contingency plan. Like, so there's, there's always going to be those things, but if you can allot the, the appropriate amount of effort into accomplishing those things, like adding more things onto it for the sake of adding more things onto it is, is what causes people to lose their shit. You know, it's like, Oh, you know, I gotta, I gotta make sure that, that not only do I put this party together, but I gotta make sure I got the right camera angles so that when the pinata comes out, you know, the light, like, I don't, I don't have that kind of wherewithal because I feel like I haven't perfected it yet. And I probably never will, but there is, there's a fine line between the amount of travel I do, the amount of quality time I get to spend with my girlfriend, the quality time I get to spend with my son, my, you know, the projects that, that her and I have together with the CBD products and the beard stuff and, mm-hmm. and, and doing this, like, I, I, f- I feel good. I used to want to do like, I'll, I'll do the marketing thing. I'll do the beard stuff. I'm going to do five podcasts a week. I'm going to do a live one every week. I'm going to, I'm going to then after the live one, I'm going to cut up clips and I'm going to do like 15 clips of the show. And it got to the point where it, I was like one o'clock in the morning having to get up at four to get a workout. In. And I'm like, yeah, what, what, what can I do to make sure that every moment is, is being productive and the moments that aren't productive are spent doing things that I really enjoy, whether it's, you know, going for a walk with the dog and my girlfriend or whether it's like mm-hmm. I, too much is, is too much for a reason. You know, it's, it's finding the right balance and, and bringing satisfaction to yourself. It, and it does not need to be documented necessarily. Yeah, oh, I agree. Yeah. There's, there's not enough time in the world. Again, I don't even have a family and it's, it's wild. Like I can't, my, my girlfriend is very, very sweet and very understanding. Yes. Uh, and she still looks and she's like, you are worn out. I'm mm-hmm. like, well, I still have 10 more things to do today. And that's an indication that I need to like cut stuff down. And so I do try to do that when, when, uh, when I'm, when I'm at that level to where I'm like, I can't, like, I just I have to say no. I have to turn off the phone for a while. I can't have anybody text me. I just need to like <laughs> handle a few things and try and take some time. But that, that can be and, tough, uh, though, I, I imagine, in your position, because not that you're, you're waiting for that, that call or that moment or that opportunity, but it's like not taking this call. What is mm-hmm. that? That call could oh. have been the call. That was this call that, you know, it, it, the, there's got to be the, tough for you. The weight of that mm. is something I have never heard anybody talk about. Um we talk about it kind of as, as peers now, but like, I've never heard somebody like everybody, when you listen to like drummer podcasts or music industry podcasts and stuff, everybody's like, how'd you get that gig? And I'm like, uh, I wanted the same answers when I was you know very young and getting, getting into this. I'm like, well, how did you get the gig with that? How did somebody call you? And the answer is almost always, I knew a guy who knew a guy or I'd worked with somebody prior and I was good at what I do and not an asshole. Really just be good at what you do and don't be an asshole and then don't leave. (laughs) That's uh, the key to success. But the weight of if I don't say yes 
like, first of all, if I don't go to work, I don't get paid, period. Yeah. Like as, as all freelancers do. Um, even if the best thing I could do for myself is take a morning off. I, I have this opportunity to go make money. And when you have a fence to build, those are expensive these days. Yeah. Um, like, oh, that's that's another. But, yo, uh, you can also take some time and relax. And, and I, I will say uh, all of my decision making is better. <laughs> my life is so much better. 360 degrees when I'm not massively overwhelmed. But yes, absolutely. You're worried about oh, that could be a thing or man, I would love to do that gig, but this week I'm exhausted and I really can't make it happen. Mm. I, it, it happened. I was coming back from Georgia do it last week and I got a phone call. Hey, we have this private gig in Mississippi. Can you do it? And the money was insane. It was a great opportunity. And I just physically could not get there without a private jet. Like I couldn't make the logistics work. Right. And it was a hundred text messages back and forth. And I'm like, I just, I, I have to stop. Mm -hmm. I have to just say, I'm sorry. I would love to, you got to find somebody else. Yeah. And me a handful of years ago would have said, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'll, I'll see if I can rent. I, I got to know somebody with a private jet, you know, <laughs> and like that sort of nonsense. Right. And uh, it takes years off your life. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of weight. I mean, I got, Josh called me. It's been five or six years ago now. So like the thing that I call my principal gig, my main gig being Josh Gallagher, he called me as I was going to bed um, with my girlfriend at the time. And I don't now, now my phone doesn't buzz or anything, but my phone at the time did. And so it's in my back pocket and like, and this is, I hope this isn't a family show, but I'll say this <laughs> politely. She's taking off my belt and my phone rings in my pocket. And at the time I answered it because who knows, mm -hmm. you know? And I actually said no to him that, that first night. He's like, hey, I need a drummer right now. Like I have a gig right now and forgot to hire a drummer and I got your number from somebody. <laughs> and I said, no, I can't do that. Thankfully, because I would have been in a lot of trouble if yeah, I you know, yeah. put my belt back on and gone and played drums all night. But <laughs> Sorry, um, I'd love to stay, but I have to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would have been that would have been a problem. But thankfully, he called me, you know, the next day and like, how about this weekend? And of course, the rest is history. Um, but it is in those moments now, all these years later, I would miss that that would go straight to voicemail. Yeah, I wouldn't. I, and but I also have to be really happy with man, I love Josh. And when I say no to a gig, I get called for three more from three other people and I can't be four places at once. Right. And I'm not even awesome. You know, I'm not the greatest thing since sliced bread. I just have been doing this and have some sort of value to offer. So I never really, the, that fear diminishes over time, but uh, yeah, that's, I wish, I wish me now could tell me five years ago, like, yo, man, just take a day off when you need it. Don't answer the phone all the time. It's okay. Yeah. And no. there's, 
there's there's a youthful i think in, ambition to that too because you do feel and I, i'm guessing for you and for me i know it was this way like when you're just kind of getting into something you feel like you, you finally got yourself kind of dialed in to 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 where you want to be at the, the level you want to be at like you're anticipating that call is going to be extremely valuable it's going to be it may not be it may be it may be you know yeah. josh calling to be like hey can you can i borrow some sugar like i, I want to make some yeah. kool-aid at 11 30 at night because that's the kind of guy i am yeah he's, but yeah, he's <laughs> i love kool-aid <laughs> i get it but there's you almost are like, not that you're willing and wishing your phone to ring, mm-hmm. but you are ready when it does because you're like, this could be the call, this could be the opportunity, this could be the connection that I made at, at this particular event or this location or this show, that this is this is coming full circle because you are just you're so geared up for that break, if you will, that thing yeah. that that you feel like you need to fulfill yourself, and if you're playing it right, and you talked about. Uh, not being an asshole and and doing things the right way and 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 doing it well, like if you're doing those things, the calls come as as you have attested mm-hmm. to. The, the the calls come and the and the it seems like, for the most part, the important ones get answered. And even if they don't get answered, like it doesn't go away because you missed that call or because you didn't you know respond to that text or that email right away. The the ones that are fulfilling and are opportunistic. They seem to define themselves in your wheelhouse somehow, some way, even if you don't answer it on the first ring. I 100% agree. Um, I'm, this does not only apply to music, but in, in the case where you're being paranoid about answering your phone, um, if somebody calls you and you can't do a gig and they never call you again, they didn't want you, they just wanted somebody. Mm-hmm. I have, I am fortunate that I have been doing this long enough that if I can't do something, I typically get a call back. And like you just said, what the stuff that is worthwhile, you will get, if somebody wants you and it is worthwhile, you're going to get a call. Even if you can't do the first one, if you miss the first, first text and like my, my phone is on do not disturb 100% of the time. Hmm. Like, you cannot call me period and you if you text me it and even if it's not on do not disturb it doesn't vibrate mm-hmm. like i have to be looking at my phone and see oh someone has texted me like um and that was a huge jump but if i don't respond immediately to somebody saying hey i need a drummer on saturday and I respond, actually, I'm available on Saturday. I would love to do it. Sorry, we found somebody already. And they didn't really need me. Right. Um, usually, if I if I don't get back to it, and I'm quick. It's not like I'm my phone is buried in the backyard somewhere. It's <laughs> on me all the time, right. like it is for everybody. But I just can't deal with it buzzing constantly. And so 100% of the time, like just yesterday, I, I was on stage. Somebody texted me, hey, are you available? I said, yes, but I'm super busy. Can't talk right now on stage right now. Hmm. No problem. We'll get details later, but you're in. And it wasn't because I responded immediately. I actually, my, my, that was a drummer buddy whom I love and respect. 
um, he called me before I had gotten to the venue to go on stage. He's like, hey man, I have this thing in like, two weeks or whatever. Are you available? I said, sure. But then the manager and the musical director were trying to call me while I was on stage. It goes straight to voicemail. And they text me and my voicemail says, hey, if you're trying to connect with me and it goes straight to voicemail, text me or leave me a message. I will call you back. It's, right. it's, I'm, I'm not ridiculous, but um, I just can't stop what I'm doing to answer the phone right now. Um, but yeah, I, that, that happened literally yesterday to where it, something important went straight to voicemail. I got a text message 30 seconds later saying, hey, this is so-and-so. Um, just want to reach out and have a second. Followed up today. It was no big deal. I'm still doing the show. Yeah. And, you know, I'm flying to, I'm flying to South Florida to play three songs for a showcase. And the rest of the 72 hours I am there, I will be hanging out on the beach. I mean, life, life is great. So I am not <laughs> complaining. Um, and that all happened. And I still didn't have to be like glued to my phone waiting for it to rain, like you were saying. So yeah. I think that a lot of the, the social media day and age is, is put a lot of people in that mindset where it has to be instantaneous. If it's not right now, mm-hmm. then, th- then you're missing out. And I think, you know, you've, you've given examples right there of why that's, that's not true. And the opportunities that are pursuing you, if they're the right ones, they will, they'll, they'll come to fruition uh, with or without that immediate answer. So uh, I know you, you don't have, there's some Josh Gallagher things going on. I know coming up this year. I know you're doing yeah. like a, a bunch of shows and stuff. Like, what are you most looking forward to? Uh, as far as like, the, as I don't know if you guys are like in the middle of fourth winter, but it's like the weather here has just been real. It's been cold. For no, it's su- it's super warm. Well, then, I was then, sweating. Then Actually, maybe I, I need to I, come I, back down. I need to come back down <laughs> to Nashville. You, you are welcome anytime. I, when, when you and I met very very briefly. Um, and there were beverages involved. So let's do it again next yes. time you're in town and we'll do it and we'll still have all of the beverages. We'll just start at a sober <laughs> we'll start with, place. When it's still light out and we won't we won't get the the, the Garrett's uh <laughs> and the Jack Daniels involved as soon. That that makes me laugh. I know Warren's uh real last name. Garrett is not his last name, and I tease him and I, I won't I won't out him. But I totally get it. It doesn't roll off. Oh, I'm I'm texting him right I'm texting him right now, like dude. Absolutely. I thought we were homies. What's the deal? Oh, it's just there. Well he te- and it, it he's had, you know, in and out of Nashville a bunch of times and uh well not a bunch. He was here, went back home, then came back and I said, what, dude, welcome back. He's like, I said, make sure I have your number. And he texted me. He texted me his artist name. His number didn't change. I'm like, dude, I know your last name. Like, <laughs> like, sorry, man, I forgot. So I, I, I give him a hard time. But to, to answer your question, yeah, I, I'm really excited um, for uh, this year with Josh. He signed, actually, I think it was the week you guys did the uh, podcast together. It was all kind of getting worked out legally there but he just signed new new management and uh, new booking and that's it's been well overdue um and i'm immediately excited because i got i'm i play drums with him but i'm also his production manager and his tour manager so i handle a lot of the stuff behind the scenes um aside from his personal financial stuff i don't mess with any of that but if we have a show i'm 
the dad they call me <laughs> um so i i've been getting phone calls and i'm really really excited about that because like like i said i mean that's that's the closest thing to what i wanted to do when i was a kid that i could possibly do and so i'm super grateful um in the meantime uh i made a i made a pact to work on more music in the studio this year um 2021 was a little weird with i was doing a lot of gigs with tiktok stars and it's very disposable mm. uh you know you go you do a show you do a great job they call you like hey here's 10 more dates and then yeah what dates are they and then you never get a text back and you're talking about like management i'm not even talking about the artist wow. uh so very weird um so i got into i've always you know had a recording studio in my house like a lot of people do but I really ramped it up and my whole goal this year is to contribute to um, to contribute musically to very good songs beyond just banging on stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really do something a little bit more meaningful and a little bit more creative. Um, and I've been very fortunate. I have a couple of things uh, that we're working on. I'm working on with various people that uh, I'm really proud of some of the best work I've ever done as a producer and as an engineer and all that. So that's my goal is I want to, uh, I want to be doing a lot of that um, in the future. And that's a beautiful thing when you get to be, you know, 50 and you have a family, you can go in and work in the studio for yeah. some time and come home and have you know dinner <laughs> with your wife and kids. So yeah that's uh that's where i'm at this year so i'm i'm really excited to be doing stuff like that and uh so i'm 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 very grateful we're i'm back in the studio next week with doing some stuff and i'm with some of my other best friends and i love it when that happens that's a beautiful thing when hey man i'm trying to make a record and i'm like i got you let's go and there's some of your favorite people so i'm i'm hoping by the end of the year uh i have a couple of records under my belt that I'm really proud of. So, uh, yeah. And then in the meantime, we're jetting around the world with, uh, Josh drinking beer and being idiots <laughs> as <laughs> we very well do yeah. while That's... he goes and, uh, where's camo. I just got, uh, uh, I just got his little boy, some camo Crocs to match his old man. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that apple is not going to fall very far from that tree. I just got this, I mm-hmm. uh, got this feeling. He's going to have a beard by the time he's like six. It's going to be great. Yeah, yeah. Probably. Yeah. Awesome. I've, I've also seen Josh without a beard. I've, I got all sorts of dirt on <laughs> and, and Josh, I've seen Josh at like 150 pounds with no beard. Oh man. And, uh, Oh, you wouldn't recognize him. It's hysterical. That's awesome. (laughs) Hey, Andrew, thank you so much, man, for taking uh, some time. I know you went a little over an hour, but, uh, but great conversation. It's, it's great to get insight, uh, and hear your story and, 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 and pick up on the vibe that you have down, down there. Cause I think it's, it's super rad and it's, and it's, you know, it's, it's kind of addicting to, to talk to people who are like, you know, doing their passion and, 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 and still kind of navigating, not perfection because like i think we both mentioned like perfection is an unattainable goal but like mm-hmm. always continuing to grow always continuing to 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 make progress you know personally you know professionally and and in your life so it's it's just it's been a great conversation i'm glad that that we got a chance to connect and and we will definitely book uh some a return trip down to nashville and uh and we'll we'll coordinate 
uh, accordingly. I'll, I'll call you. I'll leave you a voicemail, and then you can call me back since your phone is always on. Do not disturb. That's fantastic. Yeah, uh, if you if you make your way down, do let me know, and I will uh, we'll we'll show you some bars that are not on Broadway where the beer is nine dollars. We'll we'll get you something more <laughs> beer style. So. Hey, we, we we did spend some time at Live Oak, and uh, so we and also we, great. So we did get yeah, love we, that place. we got four fifty beers down there, which was yeah. great. You know, we got some bush lights, and we felt better about life. Yeah, we'll get you, we'll get you into some uh, divey places, locals only sort of things. That's my jam. We'll have a good time. Awesome, brother. Well, I appreciate the time and the conversation, and uh, and we'll definitely have to get you back on here sometime soon, man. I would love it. Thanks, Coop. Thank you so much to Andrew Bone for being on the show today, and thank you for listening and being a diligent listener and doing whatever you can to help support the show. Remember, wherever you're listening, whatever podcast platform is your jam, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher or the iHeartRadio app, wherever, make sure you subscribe, make sure you leave a five-star review, leave a comment, and most importantly, share the podcast with your friends. If you got anything out of this one or you're like, hey, that was pretty funny or that was really cool, share it with your friends. That's how we grow the show and we get to do more cool stuff, which was what life's all about. Thank you so much for listening to the From the Captain's Quarters podcast.